Welcome to the Coach Bo Knows Podcast in the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. You can check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bo Knows Show is our handle. You can also check out the Facebook page, search Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find us there. Uh, you can also email us at show at gmail.com. Uh, this is episode 16. We are 16 in now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're at 15.5. This is five. <laughs> well, I jumped ahead. So we haven't got 16 yet. That's next week. Uh, 15.5 to the point five. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host of the point five, token girl herself, Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, how are you today? I'm well. How are you, Bo? I'm doing good. I have uh, been a busy couple of days. How's your week going? Uh, it's good. I finally got furniture that I ordered six months ago. Nice. So I've been lounging on my couch. You know, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's so pretty good. We, we, we got to, you know, usually we start the show with, you know, I check on you. How you doing? Yada, yada. And then I usually deliver either the good news that you won a fantasy game or I give you shit when you lost. But this week... Can't give you any shit. Did you lose as bad as I did? I lost. I think worse than anybody. I I got my ass kicked, and it was the worst offensive output I think I've ever had in fantasy football. Just I'm decimated by injuries right now, and so injuries and bye weeks really hurt me last week. So um, it kind of is what it is. You know, I'm gonna pull my Belichick here and just say, hey, we're we're on to next week, and hopefully it'll be better. <laughs> Uh, I'm still, I looked at the league here a little bit ago, you know, with top four, go to the playoffs in our league. We have three weeks left and uh, two weeks left, and then we'll be in the playoffs. And I am still the fourth seed. So we're on that tiebreaker. There's literally one, two, three, four of us sitting in that four seed. And my tiebreaker is the only thing holding me on right now. So I got to put together a couple of good weeks here. You are still point-wise ahead. You're, you are in last. One game yeah. back. You can still, you know what? We're going to get you to 11. I'm going to get you to 11. I'm going to have to help you if need be. Maybe let me call your offensive plays this week. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But we need you to move up. And then, but you're ahead of other teams in points, which is, that's the most annoying thing when you're ahead of people on points, but behind them in record. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. We'll see um, how things shake out this week and yeah. uh, maybe I'll get lucky. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you usually do. So, um, <laughs> Um, I'll be rooting for you this week. Well, I root for you every week unless you're playing me, but uh, <laughs> who are you playing this week? Let's see. Uh, I, I am playing the Godfather. Oh, you're playing Uncle Rico. No, I'm yeah. playing Tyler, I thought. Oh, you're playing Tyler. I bet you said the Godfather. Yeah. Oh, you're playing Tyler. You got to beat Tyler Jones. Godfather the Godfather principal. We got to have you take the, the Godfather of the podcast network down. Yeah. So, yeah, I, let's, let's look at this matchup here. Well, I like what you got going here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm putting my money on Token Girl this week. I'm going to let Tyler know that, too. So then that last night when I was recording his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the Jones Report, you could tell that we were both like, we did our, our thing last night, and it was like quick hurry. And then at the same time, it was like we totally disagreed on like five things. Yeah. And he, he got mad at me. And I was like, I don't care. I just, we, just, we just went back and forth with each other. It was, it was a little bit of yelling. We got, we got half hot at one another for a few minutes there. So, well, yeah, take, check out the Jones Report this week. You'll, see, you'll hear Coach Bo and Tyler get into it on a couple things. Well, it leads me to our first point. First thing I want to talk about, did you watch the Broncos Chiefs game? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I grilled steaks. Yep. I baked potatoes. I had a bottle of wine and enjoyed myself immensely. Yeah. So the Chiefs defense – I want to talk about this because everyone all week has talked about Dirty Dan and his bullshit play that was basically a ball thrown five yards behind a receiver that literally was the easiest interception in the history of mankind. But that defense is playing so much better when he's not on the field. Yeah. That defense yeah. is playing a ton better in the past three weeks, really the past four weeks. And it's because he's on the sideline. Gonna, people are going to point to the interception, but I'm telling you, that ball was – that was the worst ball Bridgewater threw all game. I mean, 
you get lucky from time to time. You're in the right spot. The ball's thrown poorly. Hey, bless at him. least he caught it. I mean, yes, he didn't, he didn't, you know, and then he had a wide open lane and he ran like the fastest white boy he could and he ran. Exactly. He like you know, Gump as he was running. Um, some of our receivers didn't really do quite as well with uh, receiving the ball. Uh, that needs to be tightened up, yeah. but they won and it's fine. And I will yeah. carry on to the Raiders this weekend and, and see if David Carr gets stomped all over again. Yeah. It's Derek Carr. David is Derek Carr. Sorry. Not, yeah, not in the league anymore, but I, I'm with you. I've made the same mistake and I think Derek Carr is awful, but uh, I, um, I was, I was talking about this with Tyler last night and he disagrees with me, but I'm right. And he's wrong. The chiefs, are relying on their defense right now. Well, their offense I mean, is not playing well at all. It's, and it's a cycle for them this season yeah. because the first half of the season, it was reliance completely yeah. upon the offense because the defense couldn't pull their head out of their ass. So I, I just thought that was um, what I think is good about it, though, is I think that it's good that the Chiefs' defense is what they're relying on right now mm-hmm. because it makes Andy Reid become a better coach. And hear me out on this. As we all know, I think Andy Reid's very overrated. I always have. I always will. There'll be nothing that'll ever change my mind. Okay. I mean, short of him winning two or three more Super Bowls. And a lot of it is that I think he gets in his own way. Now, what I mean by that is that there are coaches in the NFL. Andy Reid is one of them. I'm a Saints fan. Sean Payton is certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy is one of them. That not only do they have to win, but they have to win their way, doing the things that they think is right. You mentioned before we got on the before we got on here, a win's a win. Right. In the NFL, a win is a win. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the biggest reasons that the Chiefs had like a cold streak at the beginning of the season and in the end of the season last year in the Super Bowl, especially, that they wanted to play Chiefs football. And they're built to play one way and one way only. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, high scoring. Mahomes doing a lot of different stuff, you know, kind of being a magician back there. Sure. But what's happened in this four or five game winning, five game winning streak now, I think, is they've gotten away from that. They've made Mahomes stay in the pocket. Mm-hmm. They've made him check some things down. I don't think those are bad things. No, it's part of the maturity process. Yes. And at the same time, they're winning close game. They beat the, they beat the hell out of the Raiders three weeks ago, but mm-hmm. you know, they win a game 22 to nine. That was really a score closer. You kind of have the garbage touchdown at the end of the defensive side. Sure. So that was really a one score game. The Cowboys game was a 10 point game. That really was close the whole way. Uh, the game against the Packers, neither offense really got started in that game. Uh, they won against the Giants, you know, a month ago, and that game was a three-point game. I mm-hmm. think that's okay because it does allow you to say, hey, we're not just going to roll our helmets out there and dominate. I- I'll give yeah. you an example. I think this is why I, my big criticism of Andy Reid, my big criticism of Sean Payton, same type of thing, is and I think it's helpful for the Chiefs is that they can, they're starting to win games by playing defense, Mm-hmm. running the ball, checking some things down. And then if they get into a shootout, well, we certainly know they can win a shootout if they need to. Sure. Their next five, they have the Raiders, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Broncos. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the favorite in all five. I don't see any game where they won't be the favorite. I could, you could argue they may not be the favorite at the Chargers, but yeah, uh, they'll, be the, they'll be the favorite. Yeah, I- it depends on how the Chargers are playing. Yeah. And I figure between the Chargers and the Bengals on January 2nd, those are the two games that are the games that they will have to do something offensively as well. It won't be just able to play defense. They'll have to – because the Chargers are going to score some points and the Bengals are going to score some points. Well, and the last game of the season is out here against the Broncos. It's the Broncos, yeah. So, you know, the Broncos could – Jump up and surprise them. Well, the Broncos can get them that last week, and it may not matter. Right. Because Since if they've already it's the trash beat, week, if they beat the Chargers, and if they're a game ahead of everybody, that may not matter. Uh, but it also could it could also depend on beating the Bengals and the Broncos back to back. Bengals, as we know now, that was no easy win. Right. So, yeah, we got that going. 
But where I was going with this is it's good for the Chiefs they've done this mm-hmm. um, because it's making Andy Reid coach differently. And the example I'll give is, did you watch Monday night? Yes. Okay. That was the best example of coaching as a head coach in the NFL I have seen in a few years. The New England Patriots, for those who don't know, won the game. What was the final score of that game? It was. All I know is that Mac Jones was only allowed to throw three times. Three times. He threw three times. Now, if you watch the game, they were playing in what um, looked like hurricane uh, wind. Um, It it was just awful wind. And there was some rain throughout. So what the Patriots, the Patriots won the game 14 to 10. The Patriots won that game because they ran the ball that many times. Um, Yeah. They threw it three times, but they ran the ball effectively. And you knew they were running every single play. They threw the ball one time in the first half. It was completed because the guy made an incredible effort to make make the catch. The two passes in the second half were their last possession, where they probably shouldn't have thrown because they would have run more clock off. Yeah. I, you know, some of the tedium of Belichick is a tedium, but I get your point that, yes, it was just. He has said, and this is why, you know, we're going to do my ratings here in a little bit, but the Patriots, spoiler alert, are number one on my ratings again. And it's because they play chess while everybody else plays checkers. That was the that was their game plan going in. They knew the weather was going to be shitty. It was going to affect the thrown ball. They got a rookie quarterback. And they just, you know, they practiced all week. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. He probably yelled all week saying, guys, we're going to run the football. We're going to football every damn play if we can. So, and I don't know well enough about what the forecast was, say, by yeah. Wednesday, if they really knew it was going to be as bad as it was. I mean, they, yeah, I think they knew. And I think that I mean, they knew that was part of it and said, hey, we're going to go in and run the ball and mm-hmm. run the ball like crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I want to see the, the score here. I see something here on that game. Um, yeah, Mac Jones was two of three for 19 yards. The New England rushed 46 times. Insane. They, they threw three passes. Now, that lowers your number of, I mean, usually you're going to run between 70 and 80 plays maybe in a game. They only ran 49 plays. But when you run the ball the way they did, you eat the clock up. You shorten the game. That's not right for everybody. But what I think it shows is that a great team, a truly great team, can win games multiple ways. Oh, absolutely. You can't just you can't be a just system say, team. You can't just say the system's going to win it for us. Otherwise, Peyton Manning would have more Super Bowl wins than Tom Brady. I mean, their system was a better system. It just didn't work all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing, I think, when you look at this and you go, okay, well, this is, so this is what the Chiefs, if I'm looking at the Chiefs, I'm going, hey, it can't just be the system. It can't just be let Mahomes cook. Right. It's got to be, let's run the ball. Let's do some things defensively. Let's, it helps that the Chiefs have gotten Chris Jones healthy. helps that they've done some things in the defensive backfield, got Dan Sorensen's sore ass out of there, and, <laughs> and helped them out that way. So you know, those are the kind of things that I think will help throughout the year. Absolutely. you got to have yeah. – yeah, you've got to have a multifunctional offense and defense yeah. if you're going to win Super Bowls. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think it wouldn't surprise me to see the Chiefs go four and one in the last five. And if they do that, they're going to have a really, really great. They're, they're not going to be sitting at the four seed if that happens. There's just too many teams that are going to be playing division games going to be a little tougher on. Yeah. Um, I do expect for New England to still be in the top, to be number one at the end. I just They play a, a weak schedule too. So I just thought it was funny because last year, everyone was criticizing Bill Belichick. And saying, see, you're nothing without Tom Brady. Right. And he totally played chess while everybody else played chess. I, I, you know what? I'm reserving an opinion on that. Yeah. Well, because, I say, go ahead. Well, because I think there was a confluence of events this season that he got lucky and Mac Jones has overperformed what anyone thought that he could do in his rookie year. Yes. And so... I want to see how true that is 
in years two and three, and if it's consistent or gets better. Well, is it a confluence of different situations or is it simply they haven't asked Mac Jones to do more than he's capable of? I still think it's more of a confluence of events. See, I think it's just they don't ask him to do a lot. Of course they don't ask him to do a lot because he, he, they don't trust him. He threw three passes. I mean, it, that's amazing. He threw three passes. Why did they not let him throw in the wind? That or wind with was, the, well, No, no, with the wind. Yeah. That, and, now, there was a couple of times I thought they should have with the I wind. Mean, that's exactly yeah. what Buffalo was doing, and Josh yeah. Allen was trying to take advantage of it yeah. the best way he could. Yeah, and Josh Allen went 15 of 30 in that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a touchdown, 145 yards. So, I mean, he was less than – he was at four and a half yards per attempt. Ooh, that's bad. So – but yeah, I I don't know. Hats off to them. I think it's gonna be interesting. I think this last five weeks is gonna be interesting. I think I think the bad thing is I think we're also gonna see more injuries. We're just gonna see more teams are getting depleted. We're gonna have an extra game in there for everybody yep. now. You know, Goodell wants his money, and so yep. the owners do too. And yep. here we are. Yep. So that's where we're at right now. So real big recap here, real quick. I'm gonna do the whole league. I'm doing my top five power ratings. Um I got the Patriots number one. Uh, I have Arizona number two. I think the Cardinals are for real. They're 10 and two right now. Mm-hmm. Coming off the bye. They got a big game with the Rams this week. So it'll be interesting yep. to see how that the Rams need that game more than the Cardinals do. Oh, absolutely. I got the Bucks three. And you can take three and four and, and flip them however you want, but I'm taking the Bucks three because of their defense and their run game. Um, the Packers, I have a four. The Packers did just lose. Uh, as of earlier today, I just saw this. Let me get the um, Randall Cobb is out. Oh, really? I hadn't yeah. seen that. So, yeah, so no Cobb. I mean, it's just, it's just Rodgers. And a, their defense has played better. They can still run the football with Aaron Jones. And then, I mean, Rodgers is Rodgers. So, mm-hmm. begrudgingly, I moved the Chiefs to five. There you go. Yeah. And if the, I, the Chiefs will be probably in my top three by the end of the season. They go four and one throughout. I'll probably put them in the top three. That would make sense. It'll be interesting. So that's where I'm at right now with those. Um, real quick, this has not been this big a year for this, but in college football, the Heisman Trophy will be presented and we given out on Saturday. Yeah. And, I uh, a... Did you get a vote? No, no. Um, Unfortunately, my ballot must have gotten lost in the mail. They need to. They need to. I, I think I deserve at this point. <laughs> I mean, they give about they give votes to the Heisman to some people, and I'm like, why? Why don't I have one? I know just as much, if not more, about football than some of these people do. That's probably true. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> um, I like Bryce Young. That's who I would have voted for. I think Bryce Young and Aiden Hutchinson are the two that I. They're the two favorites. Uh, looks like Bryce Young just won AP Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, I think he's probably going to run away with this Heisman. But this has been the most underwhelming year for a Heisman candidates, I think, in a while. There has not been that one guy. Uh, it's kind of just choosing Bryce Young because he's the quarterback in Alabama. Would you agree? I, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the, the thing is that Hutchinson is kind of a really fun story. Yeah. Um, he's a defensive player. He's from yeah. Michigan. You know, yeah. I, I watched the Big Ten game over the weekend and they featured him quite a bit but yeah it's just like I don't know to me the Heisman has just gotten so stale with what they look at what they assess and who they deem to be the best yeah it's hardly ever the best player now now it's the best quarterback yeah I mean I I I would argue if you're going to say it's the best player I think it's hard to not argue that Aiden Hutchins has been the best player Right. And we've only had one defensive player ever win the Heisman. Um, you know, it's Charles Woodson and, uh-huh. you know, and from Michigan, you know, so uh-huh. it makes sense that if you're going to have a Michigan guy this year, Michigan's kind of their comeback year. That would be cool to see, but I think Bryce Young and their, their exciting win against Auburn beating Georgia. He had a huge game against Georgia. I think they kind of won it for him. Yeah. Um, but it isn't like you look around and go, wow, this has been this is a dominating year for Bryce Young. It's, it's not like what, um, you know, a, a Johnny Manziel year or Joe Burrow's year a couple of years ago or people like that we've seen the last few years. 
a Kyler Murray, you know, those kind of things. Rangers had dominating years. Right. And um, it's not like any of those. It's a lack of flash. It really is just a lack of, we just don't have that one dominant player. Um, So, but yeah, some of the guys, I mean, like, I guess they invited Bryce Young, they invited Aiden Hutchinson, they invited Kenny Pickett. I didn't see who the fourth was. I didn't pay close attention. And uh, uh, I think Kenny Pickett is the better, right now, the better NFL prospect than Bryce Young. And I think Matt Coral is probably a better prospect than all of them. Hmm. And I, I thought happened to the season Matt Coral was going to win it. But even he wasn't dominant. And it's hard yeah. to be a quarterback at Ole Miss and win it. I mean, hell, Archie, right. Manning, Archie Manning didn't even win the Heisman. I mean, right. Eli Manning didn't win the Heisman. I mean, it's, right. those are the best two quarterbacks in school history. So, so congratulations in advance to Bryce Young. Good job, young man. <laughs> he made a million He made a million dollars this year, too. Hey, I love the NIL. NIL. I love it for him uh, so much. Him. Yeah, I think it's really great. And, yeah. um, you know, they had a, a meeting this week where they were talking about what they were kind of looking at for the future for NIL. And, you know, maybe the NCAA is finally going to get behind this and really support the players doing this now that they've succumbed to yeah. what it is. The funny part at the school level for me is the people who are just losing sleep over this is compliance. And it, it, the compliance officers are just losing their damn mind because they don't know what the rule, they, they, they know what the rule is, but how is it being really enforced and what can players do, what can't players do? Sure. Those guys, I, those are the guys I feel sorry for this whole deal. Yeah. But what we have seen in NIL, oh, I wish I had the stats. I was listening to Andrew Brandt's podcast last week and he said the average nil deal is thirteen hundred dollars yeah they're small it's not we see the flashy thing of bryce young made a million dollars and uh miami's quarterback had one that was like 50 grand which he gave to his offensive lineman um we see those kind of things but the average one was like 1300 mm-hmm. and he actually uh he being andrew brandt on his podcast actually mentioned the young man from here from kansas um, yeah can't think of his name. It escapes me. Who did the Applebee's commercial? Our excellent tight end that won the yeah, Texas game who, for us. Yeah, who, who was caught, caught the two-point conversion in the Texas game. Never played an offensive yeah. snap before that. It's the commercial. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's really been the NIL rules working because it's not the high-end stuff that the men's basketball and the, and the and football guys are getting. It's working for swimmers, for yep. tennis players soccer players for you know even equestrians i mean it's working for those people Mm -hmm. who they're the ones who need it they need the extra 500 bucks yeah you know those sort of things you know and granted yeah you're going to have guys are going to do autograph signs at the car wash or at the car dealership Mm -hmm. that's going to happen at the same time this rule's working it's working the way it's supposed to yeah absolutely and it's great yeah if the ncaa tries to make some changes to this we're going to see those power five conferences revolt. I don't think it's changes in the negative. It yeah. was how can we best support the players to make yeah. sure that they are getting the deals that they need. Yeah. And could be. Yeah. And that's the where we're at. I mean, hell I've thought about having, you know, an autograph sign at my office. I mean, just the, anything, I mean, just, you know, let me get a couple of KU basketball players out here and do something. Yeah. I mean, why not? You know, you know, treat them right, do the right things. Um, you know, but the compliance stuff, that's hurt. The compliance thing is part of the reason Oklahoma lost Lincoln Rally. You know what? Five years from now, everything will be settled. Yeah. But the thing of it is, it's the first year and it's the Wild West. Yeah. So, so give it time. Um, speaking of NIL, the changes and things going on, there's been a couple of more coaching changes since we last met. Last week, we talked about the big ones. That was Brian Kelly. It was Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. This week, we got two big ones. We got Mario Cristobal leaves Oregon to go to the U. Going to bring back to the U. I still think that this whole deal was dirty. I, there's a thing I agree with you on this. Let me see if we're on the same page here. Okay. Is it because they didn't fire the coach first? Yes. Do That's not make not some dude wait yeah. and go, well, maybe if this girl goes it, out with me, yeah. but if she doesn't, then you and I can go out. That's exactly what they did. That was my, that's my exact problem too, Helen. 
that is such a dick move and mm-hmm. I hated it and I feel so bad for him. Yeah, and- I, Manny Diaz, for don't, if you don't understand what's going on, Manny Diaz, the old coach at Miami, was he was not fired from his job until Miami got the go-ahead from Mario Cristobal that he was going to leave Oregon. Mm-hmm. Had he not left Oregon, they were going to keep Manny Diaz. And I just that I 100% agree with you. It is an absolute dick move. Yes. It's a dick move for someone to, if you're going to change coaches, change coaches. You can't be yeah. half pregnant. Yes. You know, you and can be, you, you go, you go, you make the change. Well, and you the know? thing of it is, like, if, if I were a recruit, if I were a player at Miami, it's showing their ass and yeah. what they're concerned about. And it would not make me feel comfortable yeah. from a recruiting standpoint because you don't know when things might shift again and yeah. who's going to be left on the dance floor. Yeah. Well, it looks like the reason for doing this is that there is a group of benefactors for the University of Miami football team who now the name, image, and likeness, they're ready to bring back the U. They want this to be the 80s U. And I'm all for the 80s U coming back. I think that's exactly what college football needs. Cocaine, cookers, and steroids. I love it. <laughs> I mean, that'd be, if, if we could have that, I mean, this is the, this was, this is the organization. This is the, the football team that this year under the NIL rules had a MMA gym sponsored the entire, fr- the entire team. Mm-hmm. They gave every player on the team a sponsorship. Um, a, another company who's based in Miami uh, sponsors the quarterback, gives him 50 G's. The, the quarterback turns around and gives it to his offensive lineman. All of his offensive linemen get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, that same company went and did something for each of the offensive players. Um, incredible. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you're going to see. And what you're going to see is all those old Miami NFL guys. Oh, yeah. Are going to come back and be like, okay, how do we do this the right? That's what we're going to see is we're going to see it'll be Miami first. Those guys will all come back and say, okay, now how do we do this within the rules? Going back to your point earlier. Mm -hmm. And once they establish these rules, then what's not to stop Alabama players from doing? Oh, former LSU players or former USC players. There's no stopping it. But if if it's going to go off the rails, Miami's going to be the first place it goes off the rails. It'll be glorious. We're going to have the U <laughs> part three. Oof. I just, man, I, I, I have this soft spot in my heart for Miami. I do. And I want them to be the U again so bad. <laughs> I, I think it'll be fantastic. I want to see them show up to bowl games and fatigues. I mean, just the whole thing. I, you know, cussing out Joe Paterno, you know, they were way ahead of the, of the margin on that. By yes. Yes. Um, you know, but what they got to do, what they should have done, they should have paid Jimmy Johnson anything it would take to come back and coach that team. I don't think Jimmy Johnson has the appetite for that, man. I'd have given him any amount of help. I'd have helped him to check on that. He hasn't had to work a day in the years. last 20 years. No, he so hasn't. he's not going to want to yeah, start he's on, now. He's on my Mount Rushmore of coaches. I mean, he is – I think he's the most underrated NFL coach of all time. He's, he's in my top four. It could definitely be an argument. He's, he's incredible. They should have never fired him in Dallas. So uh, then Jay Norville, coach of Nevada, goes to Colorado yeah. State. Yeah. I What's mean, it was about? big news around these parts. I was at the CSU Nevada game with my dear friend, Chris Bender, and his wife a couple weeks ago, and it was embarrassing. They have a beautiful facility, brand new, only two or three years old, right in the heart of campus. And uh, Nevada came in and Beat the ever living hell out of CSU. Uh, CSU's former coach got ejected during the game uh, for it, taunting the refs and was <laughs> escorted. Steve Adagio, um, not a great guy, didn't have a good relationship within the community in Fort Collins or alumni. Really? I'm hearing a lot of really great things about this and He's probably going to, he's brought like most of his staff from Nevada with him. Okay. And there's probably going to be some transfers coming as well. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, he seems like a genuine, good guy, good coach, yeah. good leader. And uh, the, the folks up in the fort are pretty excited about it. That, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think he's a heck of a coach. He's done a great job at the bottom. Yeah. He yeah. Did a great job there. And so, you know, he he tripled his salary in the process. So why not? Gotta like <laughs> that. You've got to like anytime someone triples that salary, you're like, yes. Yep. We're prepared to triple your salary and I'll accept. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, no one's ever said no to that. No. Um, hey, I got an off-the-board story. I don't know if you've heard this again. Have you heard about the Phoenix Coyotes and what happened no. with the Coyotes this week? Now, it all got resolved. Oh, is this, this a, on Thursday? This is, a, they were going to get evicted from their facility for lack of payment, right? Yes. Yeah, so what has happened is so the Phoenix Coyotes, which are the, I guess, considered the worst franchise in the NHL. So we're talking hockey for a minute, which I don't know shit about hockey. I have actually been to this, this arena, and I was not impressed with the arena at all. Um, I went to a game there in early 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Phoenix Coyotes are, the, are one of the worst uh, teams in the NHL. They're one of the least attended teams in the NHL. Um, they had an issue where they lost their business license, their license to operate, because they had a non-payment of taxes. So the city or the county, whoever it was that was stripping the business license, told the, it's the Gila River Arena. So they Uh told the people who run the arena, they can't operate in your arena. So they were to be locked out of the arena. I think it was coming this weekend. Yeah. As of Thursday afternoon, we're recording this Thursday afternoon. Uh, That has since been taken care of, back taxes are paid, the license has been renewed, and they're good to go. But how does a major sports franchise in North America, and the NHL is a major franchise, how does that happen? How do you not pay your taxes? I I don't know. That is unbelievable to see something like that. I've never even heard of something like that. This makes the Baltimore Colts moving out in the middle of the night (laughs) seem like an unbelievable story. I mean, which is, for those of you who don't know, that's actually a true story. When the Baltimore Colts went to Indianapolis, they actually moved, actually left their building and packed in Mayflower trucks in the middle of the night. And it was famous, the local television station catches them in the morning as the trucks are leaving town. Yep. Even the facility. So for those of you who are young, go check that out. It's funny shit. So yeah, this is kind of, that was kind of a, a weird deal. I was just curious. I don't know if you'd heard that one or not. So. Yeah, I saw headlines and I was just like, damn. I mean, I hope some heads rolled. <laughs> you hear some things like that, and you go, "Wait a minute! It, buying a sports franchise is a is a it's like a, a license to print money." It is, but again, maybe it just goes to show what kind of organization it that, is. That's that's just poor management, right? Yep. Man, um, hey, I read something interesting this morning. Here, I read an article by Bill Barnwell on ESPN.com this morning, and it was talking about the coaching carousel. Mm-hmm. Going back to that for a second, but it was talking about NFL coaches going to college jobs, mm. and there are some ideas that we'll probably see. I mean, we're we're in the carousel now, and I can say we're kind of in the we're in the the end of the second shift. The first shift was, you know, the uh, the LSU, Notre Dame, USC kind of thing, Oklahoma, Florida. Mm-hmm. Now we're seeing kind of the second round, which is Miami, and now Oregon's open, and Duke is open, Colorado State mm-hmm. just got full. But there'll be another one of these rounds coming around mm-hmm. when the NFL season ends and coaches start getting fired or resigning. Yep. And we'll see, you know, a college guy go up to the NFL or an NFL guy go down. And it mentioned how Bill Barnwell uh, said in his article today that he thinks we're going to see more big name college coaches or NFL, sorry, NFL coaches going to the college ranks than ever before. And it had to do with a couple of things. One, more money. The top-end coaches in the college football are getting paid better than the NFL guys. Interesting. And there are exceptions. I mean, like the Bill Belichick, Sean Payton's of the world, they're making more money. Pete Carroll is in that group. There's a sure. few of them that are in the, you know, $8 million and up. But Mario Cristobal has got $8 million bucks. Mel Tucker just got eight million bucks at Michigan State. Yeah, uh, those kind of things are think these college, these NFL coaches are saying, "Wait, that's a lot easier." The yeah. second thing is you have more control. You get to choose your players. You yep. get to, and now you can. You're always recruiting, but 
even if you lose a player when they're a senior in high school and they decide to go to whatever school, mm-hmm. a year later they might enter the transfer portal and you might get another shot at them. Yeah, them loosening the transfer portal and allowing kids yeah. to play immediately is going to be a big factor. And so I found that interesting. So I'm going to ask you a question. What's that? If you were in your school, and we're not going to say whether it's you know Kansas or whoever, you choose whatever school you want it to be. Yeah. What NFL coach did you try to hire? You know, and we're going to cut Bella. We're going to cut Belichick out. No, I wouldn't want Belichick would be horrible on the collegiate level. He would just he would be awful. Um, my immediate choice would be Pete Carroll. Yeah. Okay, uh, that makes sense. He had success in college already. He he had huge success at USC. He understands the kids. Um, yeah. He can he knows how and what can translate to the NFL. So he can mentor a lot of the team. But that's my initial thought. Because Belichick would just hate the ever-loving hell out of college athletics. Could you imagine Belichick recruiting? No, no. Well, like say, I think mean, Saban likes Bel- likes recruiting. Um, you know, Nick Saban is as close to a Belichick as you have in, in college. Um, but I mean, we've seen, I don't know if you've seen it. Have you ever seen some of these recruiting videos of Nick Saban? No. So there's a couple of great ones that like during COVID times they were on Zoom. And so he mm-hmm. people recorded some of them. And he was like, hey, if you want to go somewhere where you want to play immediately and you don't want to challenge to be the player, then you don't want to come here. But if you want to challenge and you want to earn your right to be the best, and he says, and frankly, we put more players in the NFL than anybody else does. Right. You think you're that good, you need to come here. But my favorite is an older video. It's a few years old now. And you can find it pretty easy on YouTube. Is Nick Saban? He's got his he's got his seven hundred dollars shoes on and his suit jacket. And he's at mm-hmm. he's at Big Mama's house. He's with the recruit, and all the furniture's been pushed aside, and he's doing the electric slide with Big Mama. Oh, good grief! And if you ain't seen that, do yourself a favor. You would love it. It's two minutes of just you will smile to see sixty five year old Nick Saban doing the electric slide with the recruit's mom and grandma goodness that's that's how you recruit and i just couldn't see belichick doing that belichick, no. he'd have the hoodie pulled over well if you want to come here you can come here you can come here and play football if you want to come here and play football if you don't want to come here and play football you don't have to play football it would be he'd be the worst well and i i just don't think that he could handle the late teenage early 20 drama yeah. that surrounds kids in college I've got two coaches that I want to ask you about and see if you think these two guys. What about John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh's brother, Baltimore Ravens coach? Right. You know, I don't know. Here's I where think I- he's young enough. I think he would translate fairly seamlessly. Okay. But I would question any of these longtime NFL coaches transitioning to college. Here's why I think he'd be a good choice. I could see it. Look at what John Harbaugh has let his team do with Lamar Jackson. And being able to change up who they are as a team. Sure. Because of the quarterback in, a, in an African-American quarterback. Let's be blunt about that. And a lot of teams wouldn't do that. And I mm-hmm. respect that John Harbaugh's done that. And it also – to say, hey, we'll change who we are because of you, the quarterback. I think that the way they play, the way the bank, the Ravens play, is something that I could see translating really well to the college ranks. The only thing that I would hesitate is that you may only have players for a short period of time. Yeah. And so you can't, I don't think you can constantly morph the team. Nick Saban does it all the time. Uh, I I don't think so. He targets certain types of players. Yeah, but if you look at that team where they were even three and four years ago where they were the run first offense, and then now that he realized, hey, we can't just go in there and try to play the greatest defense in the world and run the football. We have to score points. And he's utterly changed how they play their offense. And he's changed the offense based upon which quarterback he's had. 
whether it was Mac Jones or uh, Tua Tagovailoa or um, uh, Jalen Hurts and now Bryce Young, the offenses are a little different for each of them. Well, so, sure, there's going to be tweaks, but yeah. I don't think you can constantly yeah. redo an offense around yeah. whomever is there. You know, okay. with Lamar Jackson, he's in a long-term contract. They kind of yeah. know. Yeah what they're getting. I mean, I think it's a fair point, but I just don't think it can be as fluid. Okay. The one that keeps getting talked about in this is, is, is Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury. Yep. Um, he's not the other one I was thinking of. The one I want is Sean Payton. I want somebody to take Sean Payton off my hands, <laughs> but I don't think that's happening. No. He, Sean Payton thinks he's Bill Belichick. So it's not, he's not leaving. He's not leaving the NFL. But uh, Cliff Kingsbury seems to be the one that uh, some big school is going to target him. Sure. And Barnwell brings it up in his article to that. He was, you know, hey, this is the coach that someone is going to make a target and pay him a lot of money and tell him, hey, come down here and we'll give you what you want. And he'll have more stroke in that program than he ever will as the head coach of the, of the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely. And he's only, what, four years removed from tech? Yeah. Yeah. So, probably. I mean, yeah. if you're talking about quick transition back. Yeah. Okay. He'd be the one. I just, I found it, I found it that, he, you know, Barwell said in his article, he really thought that he'd see, we'd see a lot of that in the coming years, especially mm-hmm. as we figure out the NIL rules and that sort of thing. That wouldn't be surprising that the, what's going to happen is the NFL's got to figure out these coaches have a lot of value. Yeah. And that they've got to, you got to start paying them accordingly. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, um, Hey, I know you had something you wanted to bring up. There was a uh, a D two school you wanted to talk about here. I'm bringing it up. Yeah, uh, it was take, kind take of fun. For a moment. One of uh, one of my good friends at work. Her brother is a play by play announcer for Division two Angelo State, and they happen to be in town the other weekend playing Colorado Mines. So uh, big semi or quarterfinal showdown. Colorado Mines, which has gotten some press locally recently um, with an accusation by a professor at the Colorado School of Mines that football coach came in and like tried to throw him out of his classroom to commandeer it for something having to do with the football team. But anyway, uh, yeah, Colorado School of Mines, a very nerdy heavily engineering school like it's all mechanical and yeah. electrical engineers eat angelo state to go to uh the d2 semis for the first time in school history yeah so shout out to the miners uh a shout out to my man john kumar i know john listens to the podcast every so often john was one of my assistant coaches at uh veritas and he is an alum of the miners right on so shout out to john and, and congratulations to your team they made the semis and have they played a semifinal game yet no, I think it's this weekend. This weekend. So, hey, we'll be, we'll be rooting for the Miners. Hope they make the championship game, and then hopefully they win it. Hey, well, I'll be rooting for them, you know. So, right shout on. out to my man Kumar on that one. And, uh, hey, uh, anything else you want to uh, in the in the We're going to kind of make this a short one today. Just have a little bit of fun, chat about a few things. And... Well, you know, uh, the Border War is back Saturday. Yes. I'm actually going 15th. now. I did, oh. I, in the, like, two hours ago, the wife texts me and says, do you want to go to the KUMU game? I was like, I'll go with you. You know, it's not my, you know, basketball's would not be my thing, right. but I'll enjoy it. So, and I will actually root for KU. That's, it's, uh, I'll be in inter- the, the spread should be pretty big. Mizzou is awful. So mm-hmm. it'll make the beat down even more glorious, but I'm excited to see that back in the books for a while. It's yeah. been a great rivalry. So and, and, are, they do, are they doing home and home on those? Yeah. Okay, so this year so. it's a KU, so they're playing next season in Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Um, did you look at the bowl games yet? No, no. Was there any surprises to the college football playoff top four for you? No, I mean, it's it's funny how it worked out with Michigan winning, because we've been talking for the last few weeks how the football playoff was just bound and determined to get Harbaugh in there. And yeah. they earned their way. You they know? did. They that did, was a yeah. great it was a great game. Um, but with Oklahoma state losing that very exciting game against Baylor, uh, that kind of blew that up. And of course, Notre Dame just wasn't going to get in, uh, with everything going on with them. And I mean, Alabama handled 
handled Georgia. Yeah, they did. They gave Georgia the business. And um, let's talk about that real quick because I know. Okay, so Bama jumped to one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting it mixed up, but is Georgia two and, and Michigan's three, or is it Michigan's two, two Georgia's three? three. So Cincinnati's, Alabama and Georgia flipped. Yeah. So Cincinnati is um, four. four. Mm-hmm. So Bama will play Cincinnati. Bama is a 13 and a half point favorite in that game. Georgia is an eight point favorite against Michigan. Hmm. I watched the Michigan Iowa game. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you, I have a thing. I don't know if you know this. I don't criticize college football players. I will okay. not tell a player that I think they're bad or anything. I'll, I'll do it to NFL players. I'll do it to, if you're a professional, I'll, I'll get on you. But I won't do it to individual players. Having said that, I am not impressed with Michigan's quarterback. <laughs> um, here's my fear for them. They're playing UGA. Game, they, got, they got a really great defense. They stopped the run. Michigan wants to run the ball. And their quarterback is excellent for the run game. Mm-hmm. He does a very good job of holding the ball. He knows when to pitch, when not to pitch, when to keep. A lot of stuff he does very, very well. Um, what I wasn't impressed with is he's not going to get you a lot of chunk plays in the offensive side as far as passing the ball. Okay. Which, again, is fine when you need it. When you're playing Iowa, who we all knew was a fraud going in. We right. I warned everybody. Right. And you don't need a chunk play. The one chunk play they got in the game was a 67-yard halfback pass mm-hmm. because the quarterback can't float 67 yards. It was a pretty but, play, though. Yeah, it was. And the, the running back made a great throw. Mm-hmm. Um, but I – so I don't like to try to criticize the young man because I don't know him. And I think that he, I mean, I think he's played very, very well for what they want to do, but I think that's going to limit Michigan from winning this game against Georgia. And it's certainly going to limit them from beating. If they do beat Georgia, they're not going to beat the Alabama team. They're oh no. Beat Georgia and Bama back to back weeks with that offense. No, it's just not a chance. So uh, congratulations to Michigan for winning the big 10 for winning that really, really horseshit conference. That they're the second best team. You know, I mean, Ohio State's a better team, but they beat them on one day. And they, uh, che- go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. Oh, ahead. I was ju- I was going to say cheers to Jim Harbaugh for giving his bonus money to the staff. Yes, at U University of Michigan, and yeah. really helping those folks out. So you know, yeah. hat tip to him for that. Yeah, if you haven't heard, so what happened there was. Uh, Jim Harbaugh said any bonuses he receives because of compensation for the college football playoff, he's giving back to staff in the athletic department who were affected by COVID. So some of the staff, I guess, had decreased in salaries, you know, mm-hmm. lost some income. Jim Harbaugh saying, hey, I get paid a shitload of money anyway. Give my bonus. If he was to win the national title, he gets a million dollar bonus. Yeah. So if you're rooting for those people, are certainly rooting for him to win the national title. <laughs> Sorry, sure. he's not going to get it, but um, – but I think it's a really great story, and it shows the kind of heart he has. I, mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of his. I'm a fan of Jim Harbaugh's going back to 1995 uh, when he was the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, our friend, our good friend, I'm breaking out my name here, Neil Wettengill, mm. and I made a bet midway mm-hmm. through the football season. It was about two-thirds way into the season. He's a big Chiefs fan like he are, and he, this was the year they were like 12-0. Uh-huh. And they lost their first game was on Monday night. They lost to the Dolphins that year on Monday mm-hmm. night. Football set up just like how the the Bears and the like the, the Dolphins did. Well, the Dolphins did the Bears, 85 Bears. Yep. And he was like, This is the 85 Bears all over again. And I went, No, that team's not as good. And I said, I guarantee the Chiefs not only won't win a Super Bowl, they won't even go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then if you recall, the very first playoff game at home, Jim Harbaugh just lit it up against the Chiefs. Yeah. He beat the hell out of the Chiefs in that game. And Neil owed me $100. So <laughs> $100. He did. He paid, to his credit, he paid me off. I, I have no, ba- no doubt that no he doubt. He, You know he paid me off. He did it. So credit to him. But that was the first time where I was like, yeah, I know I'm right. So I have had a soft spot for Jim Harbaugh ever since. And then I like the fact that he's willing to rock khakis and just not give a shit. I, I personally don't rock khakis ever. I don't own a pair. I'm never doing that. So he's got a closet full of them. He, yeah, he makes seven million a year. He's got a closet full of them. He was an NFL quarterback. He's a multimillionaire, but he'll still yeah. rock khakis. So um, who you got in the games? Bama, Cincinnati? Who you got? Um, I will take Bama 
I think Cincy will probably try to keep it close in the first half, but Bama's just going to be too much for them. Um, and I tend to think that Georgia will maybe will be surprised. Maybe the potential Heisman winner will run havoc over Georgia's mm. offense and do something crazy, okay. but I, I, I doubt it. I think we're also going to have an all SEC championship game. And I think that uh, I'm not making the prediction of that game yet, but I like Bama. I think Cincinnati is keeping that game closer than everybody thinks. Cincinnati got the fourth position because they're undefeated mm-hmm. and teams, people are, I heard it all week. People were saying, well, they haven't beaten anybody. And I'm like, well, they beat Notre Dame and they beat Houston. Yeah. And people are like, well, Houston's nobody. And I said, you watch what happens when Houston has their bowl game. Mm-hmm. Because they got a good bowl game. I don't have it in front of me now. But uh, Houston has a big bowl game. And I think they're going to win their game. Um, you're looking it up now. I appreciate that. Uh, they play Auburn. They play Auburn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Houston's going to beat Auburn. Auburn's favored currently by three. Yeah. Give me Houston. Points are a bonus. No problem. I play, I play the money line in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I also think uh, the New Year's six bowls all look good. We're going to have an old school January 1st. That's kind of fun. All those games are good games. They're all good matches. Do you have them up there yet? I do. So you've got Penn State, Arkansas in the Outback, Uh uh, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame in the Fiesta, Iowa, Kentucky in the Citrus, Utah, Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and Baylor and Old Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Those are all good matchups. Yeah. Iowa, Kentucky is going to be a sneaky good game. With the exception of Penn State, every team is ranked. Yeah. Yeah. And Houston's going to beat Penn State. Uh, Penn State's playing Arkansas. Arkansas. That's going to be a good game. We're going to know what Arkansas is all about. They, yeah. They have had a really great season and they played so well early and they ran into the backside of their schedule. But like they put the work on LSU when I watched them. I mean, that game was close, but it wasn't close. If you know what I mean? So, but speaking of, what, what are you going to do for the LSU K State game? Okay. So um, I discussed this a little bit on Monday. Uh, we're not going to the game. Okay. I had an opportunity to go to the game. It's just that it's the first Tuesday of the year, first week of the year after New Year's. It's too busy a week at O'Connor. Everybody's going to me to take off. Not going to go, but okay. I'll be watching. We brought the, the kiddo in. So, you know, my, for those who don't know, my wife is the K-State grad. I attended K-State for three years. So I like the Wildcats. My son is 19 years old. He, uh, he goes to Johnson County Community College, and he has two high school teammates who play at K-State. But as we all know, I love my Tigers. Yes, you do. And I am not turning my back on my Tigers. So we brought Peyton in Sunday night. He had been working. He didn't know the game was K-State was selling shoe yet. Mm-hmm. So he comes home from work, and we set him down. And I said, listen, something, something really serious to talk to you about. I said, we need to know where your allegiances lie right now. <laughs> I'm, this is the tone I got with him. I'm not smiling. I mean, I'm like, this is what you you choose. Your mom's alma mater, your boy Jax, your boy Keenan, you know, all those people. Mm-hmm. Or you come to the dark side and you are dark side for life and you're rooting for LSU. Not wishy-washy on this one. You have to choose a side. And he was like, what do you say? what's going on? And we told him what well, LSU is playing K-State in the Texas Bowl. Uh-huh. He goes, can we go? And I was like, no, we're not going. And he says, well, and he doesn't want to say it in front of the wife. He doesn't want to say it in front of Jen. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me and goes, go Tigers. <laughs> you know, like, every day he says something makes me proud. Um, hey, I'm rooting for LSU. I think that game's going to be close. You know, um, interim staff for LSU, uh, Brian Kelly staff's not coaching that game. Yeah, right. yeah, they're they're going to have an interim coach, and uh, that's fine. It's just one of it's more for the seniors. Oh, of course. Than yeah. It is for anybody else. So I'm, I'm, I think there'll be some letdown for LSU because these are the same. These seniors have played in the, let's see, Lashley didn't play in a bowl game. Uh, but the year before, they played in the national championship and the Peach Bowl in the semifinals. The year before that, they played in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. So they've gone from Fiesta Bowl to Peach Bowl to national championship game. To now playing in the Texas Bowl in Houston on that that it's like the fourth of the the fourth. It's like they don't one bowl game, 
to give us all a teaser of football between one weekend and the national championship game right. following Monday. Yep. So yeah, it's that little morsel of football to keep us moving. So I, those games tend to be let down for the better teams, which I mean, I would think LSU is the better team. Sure. And, but I did see some spreads where I've seen everything from LSU as a one and a half point favorite to K state as a one and a half point favorite. So I, I'm, I can't, I'm going to pick LSU and I'm going to root for LSU, but it doesn't surprise me if K-State goes there and beats them. To K-State and to those players, Mm -hmm. playing LSU is a big deal. Oh, sure. Yeah. Blue blood program. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's a big deal. And, and I hope they play well and I hope they do well, but I hope they lose at the same time. (laughs) So, and if Jax or Keenan hear this and they want to have an argument with me, that's fine. (laughs) I'm sure they will. No, I'm sure they'll be fine too. So, um, yeah. But hey, I wanted one more thing I wanted to bring up on the college football playoff. Do you think they got it right on the four rankings? Would that be the order you'd rank them? Them, Michigan, UGA, Cincinnati? Yeah, no, I mean, I guess the argument would be that, uh, you know, you slide Georgia at two, but then you're knocking Michigan down to three for winning. Yeah. And, so that doesn't necessarily make sense. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm fine with it. So here was an argument that I thought of. So I, I thought when they were in that room, the only consideration, they knew what four teams it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, they knew. Once Georgia lost the game, they knew who the four teams were going to be. Right. Then the consideration was going to be, okay, what's the best TV ratings? Fair. And is the best TV ratings a Bama-Georgia game in the national championship? Or is it Michigan versus a winner of a Bama-Georgia game? Yeah. When do you want to burn the SEC rematch? So what I was thinking in the back of my mind, this is late Saturday night, early Sunday morning before they came out, I thought they were going to move Michigan. Michigan looked really – I mean, they played – I mean, they were just – monster that night yeah the hell out of iowa yeah it would have been really easy to move michigan all the way to one and to say michigan's going to get cincinnati and make bama play georgia again mm-hmm. in the semis i don't think the committee thought michigan could beat cincinnati or would beat cincinnati they weren't they weren't certain of it i think I just, that's what i think that's the reason they didn't do that because the better rating would have been a michigan versus either Bama or Georgia. Because Bama and Georgia is not going to give you a huge rating nationwide. It's going to be huge in the South. But it's not going to be big in the West Coast or even in the Midwest. But Michigan against either is a big deal. Yeah. I think that the committee didn't have enough. (laughs) The committee was worried that Cincinnati could upset Michigan. Well, you know, Cincinnati's going to be the last leader out of those four regardless. Yeah. So I think that's uh, – but I was – we were talking about that, the, the, the group chat for our network here, and we were like, mm-hmm. hey, I said, guys, don't be surprised if this happens. So I was somewhat surprised it didn't, but uh, – because I tell you, that's that's part of their thinking, obviously. They want oh, to sure. make a high rating as they can. It's all about the money in the end. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, we're going to conclude with that today, kind of step up. Hey, we're going to let uh, you and your girlfriends come in here in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about that a little uh, bit. It, it may not be a couple of weeks. I'm oh, serious no. what I'm saying. It's oh. she, I, she's knee got, deep. I'm yeah. not, and she'll need to decompress. Okay. So, you know, Anne, soon. Anne is working on her film. Let okay. her get through that. There's right. not going to be any push for me to, to get her to do that. So Coming soon at some point. We're going to have Ellen and a couple of her lady friends come in here and we're going to talk about, we're going to let the girls take over. <laughs> and uh, I've already tried to compile a list of questions. Oh no. Yeah. We're going to have what men want to know. Okay. And I'm going to need to, I'm going to need the ladies help on this. So fellas, I'm going to try to help you guys out. In the meantime, if there's something that like, the guys need to know about, about women, we got to, we got to need some of those questions. So send them in. You can go to, 
coachbonoshow at gmail.com. Send us some stuff. And uh, we are going to celebrate the end of the year, our last part of the year coming up about three weeks. We're going to do a Ask Coach Bo Anything. All right, AMA. I'm going to do an AMA. I'm gonna, you can ask me anything. I will give the questions to Ellen. I'll let her do it if you're willing. No, that this sounds fascinating. And I'm we're going to let everybody get into my brain for a little bit. Right uh, on. You did a good job when I had you on the uh, the regular pod that of flipping the script on me and get all lawyer on me. So I think we're going to do an AMA and I'm going to open it up. So if there's questions you got, um, I mean, we're going to, you can hashtag, you can, you can send them on the, on Instagram. You can send them on Twitter. You can, you got all the stuff in the show notes. And uh, so if there's something you want to know. Yeah. Right on. This will be fun. This will be fun. So yeah, so we're going to do that. So uh, uh, thank you again, Ellen. Coming in. Thanks, Bo. Yep, thanks. Appreciate it. Always fun. And uh, I want to thank everybody at the Soapbox for all things to do behind the scenes. Tyler Jones, your crew. Um, most important, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five star review. Until next week, I'm Coach Bo Brian O'Connor. She is Token Girl Ellen Wingenberg. And we will see you real soon. Thank you.